Welcome back to another episode of For the Souls podcast where we talk about shit that actually matters. So yesterday I was scrolling through Instagram and I came across this post that just resonated so much with me because I've actually lived it in my life that I was like, I have to make an episode about this because it is just too fucking real. So let me read it to you guys. Healing also means taking a look at the role you play in your own suffering. I cannot stress to you guys how important taking responsibility to the role that you play in your own suffering is. Okay, and it's such an important topic to me because I feel like the whole climate of society is very victimized. We're pushing this very victim mentality and we're not doing enough to teach people how to be victors in their life. And for those of you who know the things that I've gone through, I could easily say I was a victim, but I don't attach myself to victimization. I don't attach myself to inferiority because I that's just not my person. That's not my character. That's not who I am. Any adversity thrown at me, I will prevail because that is the standard that I have set for myself. And so part of healing from the things that have happened to me that could have made me a victim or made me a victim, I'll I'll accept it. I'll own it. I was a victim of certain circumstances, right? Part of me healing from those things was taking responsibility for why those things were even happening in the first place. So the biggest example that I could give you guys of me having to take personal responsibility and accountability for aiding my own suffering um, is my situation with domestic violence. So for those of you who don't know, I experienced domestic violence with the father of my children who is now my fiance. And before I go any further, I want to let you guys know that in no way am I glorifying or condoning abusive or toxic relationships. And I want to make something very clear. I left I didn't stay in the violence. I didn't stay in the abuse. I left when I needed to leave. So if you are someone who is experiencing violence in your relationship, I really urge you to leave and I really urge you to look at um, organizations that help women because there are programs out there that do help women in need and children if they are, are involved in a violent relationship in their family, okay? Another thing, I understand that my example is a very rare very rare circumstance. There's not many couples that can overcome abuse in their relationship. And Marco and I both equally have worked very, very hard to overcome that adversity that we experienced in our relationship. And we both have done individual and paired healing together and therapy um, to become a healthy couple that we are now. So I don't want people to get it twisted because sometimes online people think like, oh, you just stayed. I I never stayed. Okay. And I will never tell a woman to stay. So I feel like I have to clear that up before I go any further. So that being said, um, part of me healing from the violence that I experienced when we were younger was me having to be accountable and responsible for the fact that I was allowing it to happen. Now, that realization probably sounds really ugly, but the truth of it is anyone who's experienced domestic violence understands, at least most eventually end up understanding, that truthfully, it's happening because you won't leave. It's happening because you are in love with this abuser and somewhere inside of yourself, you are filling a void 
And he happens to be what you're filling the void with. And when you have children involved or when you never saw a healthy relationship or a healthy example of love, or let's say in my case, I was fatherless. So I I always wanted that love and I always looked for it in the wrong places. I was willing to overlook the abuse because in my head, when it was good, it was great. Even though when it was bad, it was really ugly. And so when I came out of that violent relationship, I was very angry, very angry at Marco. I was very upset. I had a lot of resentment. I hated him. How could he do this to me? But the reality of it was, how could I do it to myself? How did I allow my self-worth to get so low that this person could blatantly be causing me physical harm and I make excuses for it? And that was a very hard realization to get to. And the thing is, I wanted help. I wanted people to save me. But how could anyone save me if I wasn't willing to save myself? I would make excuses for it. Well, he just needed love. Well, he just needed examples. Well, he just needed this. Okay. I was digging my own hole just as much as he was digging it. I was taking a hammer and shattering my very being just as much as he was shattering me. And that is the truth. Now, I could have stayed a victim to that situation and I could have only blamed Marco and I could have said, you know what? No, you should have known better. You should have never done that to another human being. I didn't deserve it. And I could have I could have totally evaded any kind of responsibility, especially in that kind of situation, but it wouldn't have been authentic. It wouldn't have been authentic because after I came out of it, I realized that I was psyching myself out to believe in who, in the potential of who he could be instead of realizing who he was showing me he was. And then I was getting mad at him for causing me this hurt and this pain, even though I didn't have the heart to leave. And that's the truth. And that's the truth. And I, I had to face that myself. I had to be responsible for that. And it hurt. It hurt me to finally realize that this confidence, this self-worth that I thought I had, I really had none of it. It hurt me to realize that my soul desired love so bad I was willing to betray myself in every aspect just to get a little taste of it. You know, even though even though the taste came with violence, I was I was willing to betray myself. That is a hard realization and that is a hard thing to accept, but I needed to accept it. I needed to be responsible for it so that I could finally move forward from that moment in my life. So I could move forward from from feeling like a victim. And that's that's what being responsible for the role you play in your own suffering does. It creates a space that you can no longer be a victim to the circumstance because you are taking accountability and responsibility for yourself. And in taking that responsibility and accountability, you establish power. 
because now you're in control. The pain is no longer in control of you. The circumstance is no longer in control of you. In that accountability and responsibility, you gain your power back because now you can change it. Now you can say, okay, before I didn't love myself. So in order to make sure that this doesn't happen to me twice, I'm going to love myself next time. I am going to work on my self-worth. I am going to work on setting healthy boundaries. I am going to work on saying no. I am going to work on putting my own needs first in a healthy way. I'm going to do all those things because I recognize that that's not what I was doing before. And because I wasn't doing it before, I was enabling this suffering. That is the power that comes with that responsibility. It's not victim shaming. It's not victim blaming. It's accountability. And accountability is a powerful thing if you embrace it. Because without accountability, there's no knowledge. So you have to be accountable for how you're aiding your suffering in order to gain the knowledge to to understand how to never allow that to happen to you again. And if you are throwing the blame everywhere else constantly, you are evading that, that knowledge that could be given to you if you just sit and analyze yourself on a deeper level. And, and you're doing yourself an injustice because every adversity that you go through, every circumstance that you go through, even though it seems horrendous and even though some of them are horrendous, right? There is a beautiful lesson to be taught in it if, you take a, if you're able to take a step back and zoom out of your own pain. If you're able to take the magnifying glass off of the, the, the actual circumstance and actually zoom out and look at everything as a whole. Okay, because that's what I did when it came to the violence in that relationship. That's exactly what I did. I zoomed out. Okay, how could I have even have got here? What was it? All right. I didn't grow up with my dad. So I had daddy issues, right? I had this, this void in my heart. I, I wanted a dad, right? And then, and then I, I felt like I didn't belong in my family. And so Marco was being that family that I never had, right? And then I always wanted, you know, a kid. Now I got a kid. And then I don't want that kid to grow up how I grew up, feeling like how I grew up or having a stepdad because I know what I, that felt like. So I'm just going to take whatever and whatever, whatever. You, I had to realize all the ways in which I rationalized something that was irrational. And I had to own it. And I had to own the fact that I could have probably saved myself so much hurt if I would have listened to the red flags that I saw early on. Or from the moment that shit got physical, if I would have said, nope, this is not what the fuck I'm going to deal with. Two deuces. I'm, I'm stepping. You're not about to do this. Instead of rationalizing it the way I did. And it was my childhood trauma that made me rationalize it. And the thing is... A lot of our rationalization as adults and a lot of our emotional intelligence and a lot of the way we view life comes from the foundation that was set from, for us when we were younger. I didn't see violence in my home, but what I did see was that my mom, she couldn't put her foot down in ways that I needed her to or I needed her to model to me how to do. And that's something that I think she is growing and she's learning through right now in her life. You know, and I think my healing journey has helped her to reflect on herself. And now she's getting the epiphanies that she needs in order to model for me what it is that I need. 
And this is why I am so, I am so hard on women. I'll tell you that right the fuck now. Okay. I definitely challenge women more than I do men and the and men. And the reason why I do that is because I understand the power that we as women hold when it comes to ourselves and when it comes to the force that we are in our family. All right. A woman who is in her family, who is not modeling healthy emotional regulation, who's not modeling, um, nurturing love, uh, a good relationship, good communication, who's not modeling how to handle stress well. A woman who is not doing those things creates a destructive family. And my mom modeled a lot of great things for me. She did, but there was also a lot of things that I don't even think she was aware that she needed to model to me. And I see that a lot. I see that with like wine culture. You know, I see a lot of moms that we we just normalize drinking all the time. Your kids stress you the fuck out. I'm going to go have a glass of wine every single day of week. On the weekends, I'm going to party it up. And not once is anyone stopping to think, um, okay, so your kids are seeing you handle stress in this way. When I realized how toxic wine culture was, it was because I realized the moment I'm getting stressed, I'm going and I'm turning to drink right? And my kids are correlating the fact that, okay, when mommy is stressed out, mommy has a drink that when I realized that shit ain't right is because I thought to myself, oh my God, there might be a day that my children grow up and they are so fucking stressed out that they turn to street drugs and then they turn to Chris or they turn to Coke or they turn to alcohol or they turn to heroin or they turn to prescription drugs or they turn to fentanyl. And you know who I'm going to blame? I'm going to blame myself because what I model to them is that when you're stressed out, you can go have a drink instead of modeling to them. When mommy's stressed out, mommy's going to take a second, breathe, figure it out. Maybe, maybe take myself to another room really quick. Maybe talk it out, maybe write it out, or maybe just say, you know what? Mommy needs a break for a second. Give me like two minutes. See, I want to model to my children how it is to be healthy, sober how to emotionally regulate sober. We don't realize a lot of the times that a lot of our ways of handling things as people is very destructive to our children. The fucked up part about it is, is that children that grow up in a house where there is no structure, they usually don't realize how neglectful it is until they are old enough to reflect and they have been around other families that maybe were healthy And they see just how negligent their parents were and just how not normal the destructiveness of their house was, just how not normal it was to see mom drink and party every weekend and every day of the week with her friends because she couldn't handle being a mom. Okay, or dad consumes himself with work because he can't be around the kids because it's just too much. That shit is not normal and we don't realize a lot of the time the shit that we're normalizing for our children and I don't think my mom realized that every time she didn't set a boundary that she should have set with my dad it was normalizing to me that I didn't need to set a boundary that my sole purpose was to serve my husband even when serving my husband was betraying myself and I love that my mom taught me the importance of serving your husband, but I had to learn as an adult that, no, you don't just serve a husband, you serve a a godly man. 
You serve a man and you submit to a man who is worthy of your submission. You serve a man who is leading your family righteously, who's not leading your family to to be destructive or causing pain or a man who won't be accountable for himself. You have to know the difference. And I didn't know the difference. And I had to learn that through going through domestic violence. I had to learn just how much I didn't know because it was not modeled to me. My neighbor would be freaking sawzawing something right now. If you hear him in the back, I apologize. It is what it is. But anyways, um, I'm going to try to talk over it. Oh my God, I apologize. Fudge nuggets. Another thing. I could give you guys another example of me taking responsibility in my own suffering. I used to have very severe depression when I was in high school. And I mean severe. Like I tried to commit suicide more than once. But one of the times I was actually hospitalized. Um, and I remember going to the hospital, getting 5150'd. And uh, I remember seeing all the other kids in there. And I remember thinking to myself, fuck no, this is not me. I am not like this. And I'm sorry if that sounds like I'm shaming other people that struggle with mental health. But for me, it was a really eye-opening situation that, Amy, you are not no weak-ass bitch, bro. You had a weak-ass moment, but you're not a weak-ass bitch. You got way too much to live for. And for that, I am thankful. I'm thankful that I was able to get that analyzation, as harsh as, harsh as it may sound. And, and I know it sounds harsh, but that's the truth of what it was like when I was 16 and I, and I got 5150 and I saw all the other examples of depression in there. I knew that, okay, something's got to kick in the gear and I got to get my shit together and I got to get it together fast. Um, so I had told myself that I was going to fight my depression and I didn't know how I was going to fight it, but I knew that I was going to fight it. So I began to do these things. Um, I'll, I'll make another episode of like how I really got myself out of my depression, but I started to do these things, um, that for me, rationally, I was like, okay, if I'm sad, then the opposite of sad is happy. So I'm going to tell myself every day that I'm happy, right? So finally, I kind of reverse psychology myself so much that one day I woke up and I wasn't depressed. And when I looked back at my depression, I realized that when I was depressed, I literally thought that it was the hardest thing to get out of because I was so consumed with my depression. I would listen to sad songs. I didn't want to eat. I just wanted to sleep. And yes, depression does that to you, right? But I literally realized, and this is going to sound very cliche, and there's going to be a lot of people that disagree. But for me, this is really what it was. I was choosing to be miserable. Because misery was comforting. Because all I felt like I knew was misery. That's all I knew. And why would I want to get out of my comfort zone? Why would I want anything other than what I know? And that was a very ugly realization that I had to make about myself because you know what it told me about myself? It told me that I was allowing myself to be weak. I was literally allowing myself to convince myself that I was powerless, that I was inferior, and I was giving in to that inferiority and that powerlessness and I was saying, well, I'm depressed and I'm depressed because of this and I'm depressed because of that and because of my parents and because of everything else. I had to take responsibility for the fact that I kind of liked being depressed. 
I liked being miserable. I liked listening to sad songs. I liked being misunderstood. I liked it because it just made me not have to deal with shit in life. But once I began dealing with it, and once you get tired of your own shit, you just, you get so tired that you just want change, you know? And so I had to change. And that's what I chose to do. I chose to change. And if I really honestly sit here and think about everything that I've ever had to go through in life, right? Every wrong that was ever done to me, every wrong. And I'll give you, I'll give you one more fucking example. Hopefully my camera doesn't cut out on me. All right. I got a cousin that I was really, really fucking close to. She gave me the biggest betrayal of my fucking life. Okay. I still struggle with the betrayal. But if I'm really being honest about her betrayal, I should have always seen it coming. I should have always seen it coming. And I have to take responsibility for the fact that I overlooked the snake in her. I overlooked the deceit that I knew she was giving me. And I overlooked it because I was loyal to blood. I was loyal to the idea of how solid I thought we were. And that was probably the hardest realization because I convinced myself that she would have took a bullet for me the way I would have for her. And when she didn't, it broke me. And that was, that was how I aided my own suffering. I aided my own suffering by convincing myself that she was everything. She was everything more than what she was showing me she was. And so if you're in a position where you are experiencing betrayal or if you're in a position where you're maybe struggling with your parents or you're in a relationship that is very toxic, okay, how are you allowing that to happen? Okay, your man be liking hella girls' pictures and it makes you hella insecure and you complain about it all the time and you sound like a broken record and he never fucking changes what are you not doing? What, what, what are you not doing? Why are you not putting your foot down? Why are you not setting a boundary? So you're, you're building all this resentment and anger and hate towards him, right? But are you reflecting back on yourself and saying, well, fuck, I'm letting it happen. I sit here and I bitch to him, but I don't really get him. I don't give him a consequence. I don't put my foot down. So I'm mad at him for walking all over me when I allow him to. That shit don't make no sense. You got to be accountable and responsible for what the fuck you're allowing in your own life. If you are stagnant in your life right now and you cannot get ahead, what is your routine looking like? Be responsible for the fact that you would rather mindlessly scroll on TikTok or on Instagram instead of getting up and exercising, instead of reading a book, instead of going on a walk. Well, it's no wonder you're at the same place. You're not doing nothing different. And see, the thing is, you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Growth is not comfortable, okay? But guess what? Neither is neither is staying stagnant because you know you don't like that shit. When you're mindlessly scrolling and you're like, fuck, I could be doing something better with my time. You, you don't like that feeling. It's, it's familiar because you do that on a day-to-day basis, but you don't like that shit. You want something more for yourself. So find your fucking purpose. Get off of your ass and make something of yourself. Be disciplined enough to do it. But first, you, you got to take responsibility for everything that you are doing that's fucking your own life up and everything you could be doing that you're not doing. And have the fucking balls to take accountability in your life. 
have the balls to be responsible for where you're fucking up your own life. That's the best thing that you could do for yourself because it gives you a power that nobody can take from you because now you are in control. You now hold the keys to change your life if you so want it bad enough. And if you don't want it bad enough, if you don't want, if you don't want a healthy relationship, if you don't want to lose weight, if you don't want to, to heal and be the best woman that you could be, then stop blaming everybody else for what the fuck they're doing to you when you ain't even helping yourself. Simple as that. And that's going to sound really hard, but that's tough love. Okay. You can't blame everyone else for what they're doing to you without taking a look at yourself first and saying, what the fuck am I not doing for me? And why the fuck would I expect anybody else to do something for me that I can't even do for myself? And that's an ugly truth. But the sooner you accept that, the sooner you could change your life. And I know because I lived it. All right, guys, so that's the end of this episode. I really hope that you enjoyed. Um, You guys' donations really help this podcast be what it is and help it run. So if you would like to support me and everything that I do, I will link my cash app in the bio or in the description so that you can make a contribution towards the cause. So I love you all and remember all love, always, always.